the Soldiers of Hell podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Spence. We're suffering from a freak strain of the Millennium Ball where everything we do seems to send us back to 1999 or earlier. Join us each month as we recruit a mentor with the right skills to send us back to the future. We'll choose two pop culture icons and by the end of each episode we'll learn whose retro talents are as relevant today as they were in the 20th century. Only then will they have what it takes to be declared a soldier of hell. And in turn, we will become thoroughly modern gentlemen. Fire up your mini discs and listen now. You've caught me mid chew of one of the last of the quality trees. <laughs> Toffee <laughs> finger. <laughs> the much lamented follow up to Goldfinger. <laughs> How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Just sort of. Uh, just settling back into life after Christmas and that really still, I suppose. How is the Switch then? Are you enjoying your Switch? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. it. It really is the portability of it that makes it. It's, it's such a simple thing. It's the versatility of it as well. In the, and what I really like is the, the fact that it's, it's a handheld, but it's not handheld games that you've got on it. It's proper, fully-fledged console games that you just take around with you. It's amazing. And it seems like they've managed to sort of tap into the fact that you can get full-on AAA games that are quite expensive, but you can also get quite cheap indie games as well. And and, and that's the other thing I really like. I like the idea. Of, I'm gonna. I've got a few other games really that I, I shouldn't have bought, but I have. But I'm definitely gonna. Hollow Knight is about a tenner now, so I, I like the yeah. idea of I can get that, but I can also, if I get it on my Switch, I can get it and play it anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's massively appealing as a as a prospect. It's just easier to control. It's like coming coming back to the Wii, like sort of a few years after not really using it. Yeah. It, it sort of makes me realise how, in retrospect, it starts to feel a little bit clunky and a little bit inaccurate. Right. Okay. It, it's particularly, I started playing a game a couple of months ago. Um, it's meant to be really good, and it's like it's one where you have to draw stuff on the screen and. Like the, everyone was saying, oh, the Wii is like the definitive version to get it on. So I thought, okay, fair enough. I've had it sat in my drawer for ages. I've started playing it. But the problem is that it's like the, the Wii remote is nowhere near as accurate as the game really demands to let right, you okay. do what you're supposed to do. So it's, yeah, it's, it's good. But um, to be fair, I've, I've, I've traded in so much stuff over the last couple of weeks. I've just been gradually going through my games and um, paring down uh, anything but ones that I absolutely love and think actually that one's going to grow in value. I've just got rid of and traded in. That's uh, is it that the KonMari method? Oh, uh, have you heard of this? Marie, Con- Marie Kondo. Yes, yeah. Haley has spent the last couple of weeks doing the Kondo fold <laughs> on the girls' drawers, and they right. doubled the space available. We can Netflix for. A couple of months because there's other stuff that we'd got stacked up in other places to watch and then this came out and everyone was raving about it and i thought i love a good declutter this sounds like a show for me <laughs> but we haven't got netflix at the minute. i've not watched it yet Haley's watched it i think she's worried to let me watch it because i'm constantly going ape shit about crap around that it's just like it does my head in it's like yeah there's i, I, I feel rage if i open a cupboard and everything isn't neatly ordered and i can just see tons of shit that we don't need anymore it fucking grinds my gears 
<laughs> I can tell. <laughs> and like every now and then, even though we're not using the conservatory at the minute, it's like yeah. with with Christmas and that we've we've put a few games and craft sets that they've got in the conservatory, and it's turned into a little bit not a dumping room, but it's like. There's bits and bobs all over the place, and because it's so cold, we're not using it at the minute. But every time I look out of the dining room into the conservatory, I just feel like a little pang of anxiety. I think the phrase is, "If it doesn't spark joy, yeah, then you should." So I've not heard with this. You, going back to your games, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. There's, I mean, there's so many. I watch loads of YouTube videos with retro gaming collectors and stuff. I'm getting a bit obsessed with it, but it's almost like living vicariously through them. That I wouldn't want all that stuff in my house, it would actually make me feel bad to have all those boxes of stuff that I never play. Yeah. But it's kind of fun to watch them have it. Um, uh, so I think you're absolutely, unless you're going to like play it loads, don't don't bother. Yeah. It's like, I've, I, I, there's a couple of games that I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm glad I've held on to. Like, um, I got an old Mega Drive game when I was at uni for like 12 quid. It's now going for 90 quid in CEX. So, obviously, wow. I'll hang on to that. But, look, I think I think because of that, I just, I never, ever got rid of games, ever. And it's yeah. just like, I think I finally hit a point where I think, do you know what? Actually, I haven't got space or time or inclination to have a big games collection anymore. And it's just, I got rid of all my DVD, almost all of my DVDs about 18 months ago. Yeah, and I can't quite bring myself to get rid of CDs yet, either. Really, more so than DVDs. I thought that would be the first thing I've seen. You've got an Echo. Well, yeah, I suppose it's weird, really. I, I suppose it's because I'm not. I'm not quite. I'm not 100 percent sure that I'll. I suppose the subscription stuff comes and goes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I may or may not. So, so I've got all my CDs. I've got all copies of every CD I own on my iPod that, let's be honest, I don't know how long it's going to be that that's going to be a viable tool to use to continue to play stuff from. Hey, I've still got my mini display, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes back. Yeah. Hey, I think Haley's dad has still got a VHS, but I think I think that's pure. I think it's more of a, he's got home videos from the 80s and 90s that he doesn't, he's got no other way of playing. Exactly. That's the only reason why I've got the mini display, not because I had any albums on it, just because I've got, like, an entire trunk of our radio shows that I don't, <laughs> I don't actually know what to do with because I never sit and listen to them. So it's like I could rip them all, I suppose, but that would take me ages. Would I ever bother to listen to them? I don't, I don't know. There's part of me thinks, and this is a big deal, obviously, it's our 20th anniversary year. Yeah. Maybe I should wade through them and start drip feeding like old radio shows out the mini disc archive can come back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time for us to sit down and do like a director's commentary. Yes. <laughs> well, you do a commentary <laughs> over two people talking, though. I'm not sure. Maybe we'd have maybe to like, flip it on its head. We'd have to do a reaction it. video. <laughs> like on like, YouTube. Like do a. Um, I can't believe we thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that sparked memories the other day, I was listening to an interview on uh, Radio 2 and Claire from Steps was being interviewed about her solo album being released. I'm Claire! And 
I think she was saying, I always had 25 year anniversary since Steps was first formed. And that made me feel old. And then um, the f- oh, one of the first questions that Steve Wright asked her was, How's the diet going? <laughs> no, that's so. <laughs> it's like, I'm known for two things one being in a long term pop group, and two for dieting. <laughs> for seesawing weight wise, yeah. Uh, that made me chuckle. <laughs> the um, so, sorry, just bring it back slightly to that Marie Kondo thing, that spark joy thing. Yeah, I um, the other thing that prevents me from throwing stuff away sometimes, yeah, is I sort of feel I feel bad throwing away something yes. I know is in perfectly good working order. You can always ch- charity it, or but, yeah, it. <laughs> It's like the example, something that caused me a little bit of pain the other day was we've got an old blender. Now, it's right. sat under the at the back of the cupboard where we, it's, we've, got, we've got a cupboard where all my baking stuff is. And it's um, it's just it's one of them cupboards that every time you open the door, stuff falls out because we've just shoved everything. And if I ever want anything for like a pot or pan that I don't use very often, I have to almost empty the whole cupboard to get to it. It's just really bad. So I completely emptied the cupboard and put it back in as organized a way as I, as I could, given the, you know, pots and pans, they're not a nice universal shape, are they? There's always some wasted space. Anyway, I found this knackered old, I thought I found this blender at the back and we don't use it anymore because we've got the food processor that's got the blender attachment. So it's been about five years since we've used it and it works perfectly well. Because it's a used blender, it's got that little bit of sort of dirt that builds up in plastic that you use over time. And it, yeah. so it's like it, it, it's not in quite as good a condition as I couldn't car boot it or anything like that because no one would buy it. When it's yeah. a charity shop, they'd probably look at it and go, Ugh. but I know yeah. it's it's clean. It just plastic discolors over time. Yeah. So it's like I, I've got no option here. I can't sell it. <laughs> skanky selling that whole thing so he's gone in the bin and it really sort of yeah. got to me that there's like it, I suppose it struck home like I was so much more conscious of waste these yeah, days yeah back as in well. the day you would just lobbed it and in the in the um, <clears throat> landfill and not cared yeah but now it's yeah yeah it's like okay. uh, um, another thing was we, we, we partitioned the wall between the, the hallway and the dining room hallway in the lounge and I got a yep. massive sheet of um, polystyrene to use as insulation between the two bits of plasterboard. But because yep. of the size of it, I had a load of it left over. And it's like quite a lot, but I'll never need to use it again. And it's, no. like, I, it's like the same thing. You can't say, oh, you know, broken bits of polystyrene that might be good for insulation. It's like, I'm never going to use it. So it's like, again, that had to go in the bin because it's it's unsellable, but it's perfectly usable but i can't hold on to it forever taking up you know three square foot of space in the garage yeah it's a first world problem mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah try to uh, hi hi kenya my problem is i've got too much stuff <laughs> <laughs> that um the blender that's slightly discolored to bring this back around to retro computing you could you could use the uh brighting technique that uh that is on a lot of videos I don't know if you've seen this, but no. it's reconditioning old um, Commodore Amigas and stuff like that. That that 1980s white plastic discolours over time and goes yellow. Um, yeah. And there's about 
there's about three or four different techniques you can do to restore the original colour. Um, so there you go. Why not do that with your blender? It's like having a new blender. <laughs> Retro blender. Well, you, there are all these people as well, aren't they, I suppose, that have got these weird little hobbies. Like there's a there's a bloke around the corner from us that uh, we pass his house as we go to and from school. And he's always got like five or six mowers on his driveway that clearly he's he likes tinkering with machines and just yeah. fixing up. Also, there's people who fix old hoovers and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know. I suppose, it's, I suppose it's that part of it is for the challenge of it and part of it is for the... Let's not waste stuff, culture. I don't know. It's time for an evaluation. And we put a retro skill in our armory this month. Let's decide now. Did you have a retro hero in mind that you wanted to speak about? Has any of your recent exploits with computer games or waste <laughs> <laughs> given, given, you, uh, given you any ideas? <laughs> um, well, I, I suppose it's... Uh, it's difficult to think of a of a, of a waste based hero, but I suppose um, combining nicely the retro aspect, the waste aspect, and the the geeky aspect, there's only one man for the job, uh, and that man is Captain Planet. <laughs> of course, Captain Planet. <laughs> I mean, it's been said that he's our hero, and he's going to take um, pollution down to zero. So, How, how's that working out? <laughs> It's hit and miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think whilst I can't... Here's the lessons we can learn from Captain Planet, okay, in relation to this whole, you know, organisation. It, 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 teamwork. Um, yep. Uh, caring about the planet. Yeah. And having a superfluous element just so you can have enough kids to, to make it, because uh, as I remember, there was earth, wind, fire, water, and heart. I can't remember that much. That well-known, <laughs> well-known element, heart. <laughs> or that well-known funk band. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed up with that 1980s air rock band. <laughs> oh, and also having a blue mullet. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to name my hero then. Uh, slightly re- not not related at all, but um, <clears throat> I'll just come straight out with it. It's Brave Star. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't think it is completely unrelated. Now, I'll tell you where my head went. So, a 1980s cartoon, Mullet. Um, I was thinking of Brave Star the other day. We were just mucking around, having a chat about what our spirit animals might be. And then it prompted me to think of Brave Star and what, what was it again? Eye of the Hawk, Ear of the Wolf, something like that. Strength of the Bear. Speed of the Puma. <laughs> yeah. Which is what Americans call a Puma. Um, was there anything else? Are they the four? I think they were the Are four the... things. The thing is, he was, he was sort of fighting. I, okay, he wasn't an explicit eco-warrior as such, but he was um, he was like a sort of a, he was a space equivalent of a Native American, wasn't he? I suppose that that has sort of echoes well, of respecting the Earth, well, the planet whatever it name was. I wondered whether they were mixing up see, I need to do my research a little bit better and I've just plucked this one out of thin air but are they mixing history up and creating a future version of 
of, of, of a past that didn't exist. So, as you say, spirit animals, it's a Native American thing. But Bravestar himself looked like a futuristic version of an old-fashioned cowboy. And then you kind of think, well, cowboys and Indians fight. How does that work? I think... Brave, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was a west. It was a space western. Yes, but why would he be Native American if he was? Or, or is it that because it's in the future, then the wars we know of the past that's all been resolved, and actually the cowboy is a native. I don't think he was set on Earth, as I recall. No. It was set on the planet New Texas. Right. And I think what they were just doing is taking themes from Westerns, but then putting it in space. And I, don't, I suppose maybe having an, a Native American cowboy was a sort of way of, um, I suppose it's an, an early version of uh, representation on screen, maybe. Yeah. Wow. We should all have a spirit animal that we kind of relate deep. I'm going to tap into my inner stag. <laughs> Is that what yours would be? Yes. Is that because it's the animal of Mansfield? <laughs> Partly. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? I I've always felt an affinity for bears. I love I love right. I genuinely love bears. I um I think it's partially, you know, a bear. Kind of. It's bear. a big. Um, so I really like polar bears. But I think I feel a closer affinity with like a sort of a, a sort of mountain grizzly type bear, like a black bear, brown bear, that sort of thing. Not Yogi. If you were Yogi, would that make me Boo Boo? No, because Boo Boo's not a stag. <laughs> no, I just meant as a sidekick. <laughs> oh right, okay. I suppose yes, in the same way that if you were Rocky, I'd be Bullwinkle. Yes. Or the other way yes. around, whichever. Which one's the stag? Rocky's the squirrel, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, oh God, my Hannah oh. Barbera knowledge is lacking. But yeah, going back to the bear, I think it's because um, it's, it's big, but it can be as fast. You know, bears can run uphill as fast as a racehorse can run, but they also like a bit of sleep. Yeah. You know, there's a time. So, there's a time to be fearsome, but there's a time to just have a bit of a snooze. Cuddly as well. Yeah, it can be. I suppose. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he's, he's he's cuddly. Which one do you relate to most? Winnie the Pooh or a grizzly? I think this is one of them questions about how I perceive myself and how other people perceive myself. <laughs> <laughs> I perceive you stuck in a tree because you've had too much honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in my head, yes, I'm more of a sort of a, a grizzly bear walking around the forest giving it some. But in reality, yeah, I'm probably just uh, got my arse in the air because I got stuck out of a knothole. <laughs> or... Uh... I do remember that time I caught you in a bee costume uh, uh, <laughs> holding a load of helium balloons. <laughs> well, when we say a lot of helium balloons, it was like 100, more than you'd need to get a house up in up. Now, it's a tough one, I think, because I think both issues, the issue of combining elements to make a fictional superhero and a space western are at the forefront of uh, the modern mind. Specifically, I suppose, ecology and protecting the earth and the idea of waste is is a hot topic, as is the idea of, like, you know, representation and looking after animals and making sure that people of all 
ethnicities are included. So I, I'd really find it a difficult one to, to judge on this one because I feel like they're both worthy subjects. Oh, and I don't know which way to lean. And with the way the internet is these days, by picking one, people will automatically assume that you think the other is bad, which isn't necessarily the case. You can think two things are good, but one is better. Um, but you know how it is on Twitter. People go like, oh, this is bad because you, because of that you didn't pick that, so you think that's bad, and it's, it's almost like a negative endorsement. I think it's time to break our own rules then. That our rules, we can do what the soldiers of hell we want. So I say, <laughs> let's put them both in. I don't know what we're putting them in. We don't, it's not like room 101, is it? What? what, <laughs> both, what are so, they? Selected? They're both winning. It's it's our podcast and we'll choose who we want to. So, soldiers they are, then. Absolutely. Worthy additions. Excellent. Well, that was that was nice and nice and easy. I didn't expect to, um, <clears throat> to have no debate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time we'll we'll aim for two that are particularly difficult to put in. Yes, I think more adversarial. And if people wanted to hear us next time, what would they do? They would listen to us on Anchor and listen to our podcast. They could subscribe via Anchor. Um, the other day, uh, my, my youngest daughter was she was making um, my wife film her doing what she considered to be a YouTube video, but she wasn't. It was just like filming her doing stuff around the house. And she started by going, hi, guys, like she was talking to some sort of worldwide audience. At the end, like just talking to Hayley, she went to the camera, give me a thumbs up, hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yes, subscribe and like us because uh, God knows we need it. See you next time. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.